So welcome to the Global Discussion, discussions with creatives, leaders, and thinkers. Today, I'm joined by Cassius Rayner. Uh, Cass, you're very welcome to the podcast. Let me begin by asking you to kindly introduce yourself, a little bit about what you do, what you've been involved in, and of course, the films that you've produced to our international audience. So over to you, Cass. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Um, yes, I'm Cassius. I'm a filmmaker and cinematographer, but I have a slightly unusual thing that I specialize in, which is mobile filmmaking. So I use actually mobile phones to shoot with, which I have been doing since 2014. Um, it's how I it's how I work, uh, and I happen to use phones as my tools for recording uh, my footage on. So I shoot documentaries, music videos, uh, drama, uh, you name it, I film it. Fashion shoots, music events, whatever it is, but I shoot yeah everything on a phone. Um, I've had an incredible and fortunate journey uh, in mobile filmmaking. I've won some awards for a documentary and drama and a music video that I. Um, have made in recent years um, yeah so that's really what I do in a nutshell well, thanks for sharing that uh, Cass uh, so let, let's talk a little bit about filmmaking with a mobile because people when they think about making films they think of maybe music uh, sorry they think of maybe film sets big cameras on the street etc whereas you you specialize, don't you, in using mobile technology. Now, why is that? What what got you into that in the first place? Mm. Which story should I tell? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 been in interviews before. Um, I I kind of fell into it um, back in 2014. Um, my daughter was was very sick, very very sick, and was in hospital. Um, and she ended up being in hospital for many months and we had to live with her. Now, the, the world of freelance filmmakers is pretty precarious at the best of times. It's called a lot of credit cards and lots of debts and bouncing this and that to get your next films off the ground. So unfortunately, it didn't take long um, living in a hospital with your daughter for um, finances to get difficult. Um, I'd been camera operating for 20 years by that point. Um, but uh, I had to sell all my equipment and all I was left with was my phone and I began to explore my phone uh, and discovered Filmic Pro, which is a, a video recording app. Um, and that's kind of where that journey started. So, yeah, I'm trying to keep it nice and short, um, not trying to get into it too emotionally. It was a difficult time. Um, but yeah, I came out the other side um, and then, you know, in recent years made a choice to stay with the phone so that's what what i do um yeah yeah and, and for our audience listening i mean you you shoot exclusively on mobile device on a mobile device now typically an iphone correct uh correct yes yeah. um yeah. yes <laughs> and uh so tell me about the apps and the setup though are you you know, for, for, for people that maybe aren't as familiar as say I am with some of the great work that you've produced, the equipment that's involved, uh, Cass, is it in a rig? Are you hand holding it? Have you got tripods? Is the lighting? Are you, are you miking people up? Maybe just for people that aren't in this world that you are a specialist in, how does that work when you are predominantly shooting movies on mobile phones? Yeah. Um, yeah, good questions. Um, so it's not. It, I mean, I shoot in 
a variety of ways from handheld to using uh, what they call mobile gimbals to using external lenses, rigs. It really depends on uh, the type of shoot that you're doing, you know, whether it's drama or documentary, what do you require? I mean, I, I think getting back to basics, when I first started, all I had was the phone, you know, back in 2014, um, we had tripods, of course, because we, you know, use cameras, um, but there was no holders for a phone. There was no way to stick your phone on a tripod. So I used to have to gaffer tape my phone to a tripod um, just to get a nice steady shot. Um, but, you know, again, things have changed now with the technology that you don't necessarily need a gimbal to shoot really good video because of the stabilization that's available in the latest tech on the phones is is really quite extraordinary. Um, so it, it's kind of going full loop. You know, there was a point, I think, in its development where you really did need external equipment to to support what you're what you're trying to visualize as a filmmaker to shoot uh, and a lot of that came down to having better lenses that you could actually stick on the phone uh, telephoto lenses and anamorphic lenses um, but i think we've gone full circle and i think the technology is advancing so quick that a lot of that's not needed now um, the phone itself is 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 really doing it um, so i wouldn't say i have any specific types of equipment that i use it, Again, just depends on the type of job and what's required for that specific shoot. I mean, it, some of the films I've shot literally on my own uh, with just some actors uh, and other films I've had to hire, you know, 10, 15 crew um, because it's a much bigger project. So yeah, it varies. It's no different than film, you know, general filmmaking. It's, um, it's, it's a tool at the end of the day. And it's a tool I choose to use. It's not aesthetically right for everyone um but it's what i enjoy um at my time you know my stage in life it's what i enjoy creatively i enjoy the challenge because it is still a challenge it takes a lot of knowledge and skill to really get it right um but that's what i really love about it and can i just just to follow up then just a cup for the for the sort of film and audio and mobile technology type of people that are listening how do you handle the audio inputs when you come when it comes to mobile filmmaking because you you know particularly i'm thinking like a street scene there's a lot of background noise are you are you using boom mics are you lapel miking people how does that work in a mobile environment well, in the early days, I would have said I probably would have been crying, sitting on the floor or the pavement, pulling my hair out. Um, <laughs> but again, that's it's it has advanced. I mean, the, the built-in microphones on the phones uh, on the recent models are, are really quite amazing. Um, but I still, as a traditional filmmaker, in 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 a sense, I would still use external microphones, professional microphones. Um, I particularly use Sennheiser. Um, because those are the mics I used when I was in the film industry, um, you know, with mainstream camera systems. So I'll start with Sennheiser. Microphones and audio has is, is come a long way as well. It's, it's huge developments in, um, and inventions and very specific, amazing, tiny microphones that are designed for phones, um, which are absolutely superb. Sometimes on a shoot, I will connect directly into um, my mobile phone. And on other shoots, I may have a sound recordist and record the audio separate and then sync it in post-production. Um, sometimes I find the quickest way is to 
shoot on one phone. Um, it's annoying if you've got cables connected to your phone for the audio, that can be really annoying. So I will use a second mobile phone and I will stick my microphones into that phone and record the audio separate and then sync it in post. But nice. you know, wireless microphones are on another level as well. I just shot, uh, I just shot a film called The Missing um, and our main actor was using a Sennheiser wireless microphone which was just bouncing the audio straight back to the phone and, you know, 48 kilohertz. And it was amazing. Yeah. I haven't used those. I've used the road uh, sort of version of it, but uh, yeah. that technology has improved a lot. And you, I wanted to go back cause you mentioned an app earlier on, and I know you've been a, a strong sort of advocate of the filmic pro app. Could you just maybe unpack that a little bit for people that aren't familiar with it? So filmic, Pro is, is basically an app, but it's a video recording app. Um, <clears throat> and the reason it was designed, I mean, it was actually designed and developed by a filmmaker in the States. Um, and they were looking at the phone in the same way that I started to look at it back in 2014 was, what can we do with this? You know, what kind of stories can we tell by using a tiny lens on a, on a phone? And his question was, well, if I want to have as much control as I do as a DSLR camera, how can I do that on a phone that doesn't have those controls? Um, and so that's where Filmic Pro, you know, was born um, to to fill that gap in, um, and it, and very much aimed at, at you know uh, aspiring filmmakers or, or students or young people that want to get into filmmaking. And I say that, but also much older people that are just intrigued by it have then realised that this app can do everything. So it's about giving you all the basics that you would expect on a DSLR camera system. Um, so that you have much more manual control over what you're filming and how it's lit, how it looks, how's the colors and, and exposure and so on. So without going into it too technically, I mean, it takes a little while to, to learn it and understand it. And I would always recommend to anyone using Filmic Pro, a little bit of background in understanding film is good um, or, or do some photography with a DSLR. And if you get used to that, then you'll you'll fully understand what Filmic Pro app does. Very good. And my last question on the, the sort of tech side of things, uh, Cass, is are you watching the latest Apple announcement like a child waiting for Christmas to see what the new lens is, what the new audio is, or is it just a tool? Because I know you've used some quite older models in some of the, 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 the things that you've produced, and they've been amazing. Well, first of all, thank you for saying that. Um, yeah, it's, in, it's interesting, the, the, the advancement of technology. And as I said, I would say, four you know four five um no maybe four years ago uh external lenses were really important um to to get that extra quality or to get that closer footage of your subject um that was in good quality um is it needed now no i think it's coming to an end um i think the use of external lenses um will not be as huge as it was um, and I think the demand for it will will get smaller. Um, there was an announcement actually by uh, one of the Sony execs um, that they're going to stop manufacturing DSLR cameras um, very soon. And um, all of that technology is going into their Xperia's 
their mobiles. That's what they're looking at. So that's really interesting um, as far as technology is concerned. Um, but I also I find a lot of people online become very obsessed. Um, and I would say a lot of people that follow me online on, in my work become very obsessed by what I call tech porn, uh, <laughs> which is... <laughs> Sometimes I just I get a bit fed up with it um, because it's all about gear and how sexy does it look and is that an amazing lens and look at that rig and yeah great they're fun to play with they're good fun but do you essentially need them no you don't um, a lot of manufacturers would probably scream at me for saying that um, but you really don't with um, the phones and how they're advancing and older phones can produce still really good quality content because it's a tool, it's about how you use it and it's about your skill. You know, it's about getting the right skill behind you and then you can use anything to, to shoot something reasonably good or even better, you know. But, um, you know, I think I'm going back to basics now. I'm, I'm, I'm quite intrigued in going back to the really old iPhones to challenge this year. One of my challenges is to shoot another film, but to go back to an iPhone 5S. Okay, that sounds like a long time ago, doesn't it? The iPhone 5S to where we are now. That will be very interesting. And I, I really appreciate what you're saying there in terms of the the tech porn and the the tool and how you how you use um basically the camera in your hand and your your comment around Sony and um putting all their tech into the phone. That's fascinating. Um because I suppose for me, I would have always for particularly for um cameras of that sort of quality I'd have, I'd have initially been Canon you know and you get all the glass and the lenses and everything and then Sony bought out was it the Alpha um which the Alpha range yeah. yeah yeah which which was pretty pretty snazzy for filmmakers um mm. it had a few you know pros and cons as they all do but to to I hadn't heard that that's that's very interesting I must look into that yeah it is. I can't I can't remember the gentleman's name but he announced it last year it, it is online you will yeah. find it well that that brings me nicely onto something I wanted to ask you because I was a little bit surprised to see that you'd you'd switched from iPhone to the Sony Xperia for some filmmaking and what what prompted that was it just trying something new or was there a specific purpose in mind good question um so in some senses with the Apple iPhone, um, the advancements are very clever. Um, the 4K and ProRes that you can now get on the latest iPhones is very impressive. Um, but I still think iPhones have um, some issues around their lenses. Um, <clears throat> and to be honest, as a filmmaker, I mean, you know, to, to the general public who just um, like iPhones, I still use an iPhone day to day in my workflow, <clears throat> but I'm I'm not filming um, projects on, on my iPhone at the moment because I, as, from a filmmaker's perspective, I need certain things and I don't think the lenses on the iPhone were delivering it for me. And, and putting that into context, there are issues around what we call tone mapping. This has been an ongoing debate for some years now because Apple do it. Uh, it's inside the phone. It's a system in their phone. What does it mean? It means that it doesn't matter what you do manually on the phone. It will still take over your exposure 
and sometimes you'll it'll go light and dark and then you'll go up again and if you're moving around this is not good for professional filmmakers we do not need this if we need to film the shadows that's what we need to film um and we can't control tone mapping you know uh, apple won't allow that access by any third party excuse me <clears throat> so it's not even a problem you know a lot of people thought that it might be third party apps causing the problem it's not it's nothing to do with them they're not given the access by apple to to control this tone mapping issue and to be honest by the beginning of 2022 i was becoming very fed up um, with that situation and the artifacting in the lenses so the green dots and you film at night and there's lights streaking across it just wasn't working for me so i wasn't prepared to go to the iphone 14. don't get me wrong i still really enjoy you know using the iphones but to shoot my dramas on, I needed to look elsewhere. And I became fascinated by Sony Xperia and what they're doing with their designs. Um, and so I reached out to them and they were amazing. And they said, yeah, what do you need? You know, <laughs> you know, what phone do you want? It was just, you know, we'll get you the phones. Um, so I've had a great 2022 shooting overseas in Poland, Moldova. I've been in Africa. Um, filming with a Sony Xperia and um, the results have just blown me away and I've got complete control over what I'm doing which is really the essence of it. It's interesting because the I suppose with Apple with their sort of closed system and not allowing the third-party apps or developers access to be able to control the tone mapping it it it's sort of the technology is almost over helping it's over correcting which from a filmmaker's perspective, you're going, no, 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 that's not what I need. Whereas with the Sony uh, Xperia, you're, you're, you've got that full control over the shot that you want, um, yeah. which yeah. is interesting. Yeah. And, it's, and, you know, when you film with the Sony Xperia, the DSLR makeup in that, in that phone is incredible. It's, it's exactly the same as I would expect in a main camera system. Um, I can shoot night shots at ISO 600 and 800 and there's no noise. I can't do that on an iPhone. I just won't get those results. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. And as you say, the technology <laughs> continues to improve. So I don't know where we're going to end up. But it's well, I've, got, I've got so much over the year, years, I've got so much gear and lenses and external stuff and they're all sitting on the shelf. You know, I just got less and less use for them. I mean, the Sony Xperia Pro I, which I'm filming a lot with at the moment, has a one-inch sensor. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> so, so look, let, we we can't go any further without. I want to talk a little bit about the awards that you've won, uh, and you mentioned the missing, and we talk about. I've talked about Dead Eye a little bit, but could you maybe uh, London Fall Silent was another great piece that you put together, which I remember. Uh, at a very important time so could you maybe talk us through a little bit about those and some of the awards that you've won as well because i i'd, I'd like people to really get a feel for that from your um expertise cassius because it, it truly is for people that aren't as familiar as i am maybe with some of the things that you produced it's mind-blowing to see the the outputs the quality and and of course, they've been award winning. So would you mind sharing that? I know it's a little bit about blowing your own trumpet, but it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is uh, fantastic. It really is an achievement, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think, I mean, 
yeah so i mean there was a i think the first documentary that got some recognition overseas at festivals um, was walking in my shoes and that was actually a commissioned documentary um, for a charity and i came on board because i said if you want if you let me shoot it in a documentary structure then i'm i'm on i'm on board with this i love you know the charity was very important and what they were doing but i wanted a different look at it i, I wanted to create something a bit different um than your typical charity promo sort of video that you get. So I, I uh, did a story called Walk In My Shoes, which was about fathers um, uh, of um, very sick children and why fathers don't talk. You know, why do men do not talk about their emotions and so on? So uh, it was an incredible journey and it did very well overseas and it won best foreign documentary, um, uh, the Sin, uh, the Sin Phone Festival in Barcelona, I think in, um, yeah, in Spain um and that went on to win a couple of other awards which was really cool um heart warriors is a documentary that has taken me four years to make um and will officially even though it's on youtube at the moment we'll officially release it to festivals this year that's a 30 minute documentary um which we shot in ethiopia um, yeah, there's all sorts of things. I mean, I shot a music video for a local artist that I really liked um, and uh, was surprised. You know, I sent it off to a few festivals, as you, you know, and don't really think about it. And it came back with best music video. And I was just like, what? Okay, wow. <laughs> um, and Dead Eye, we were, I didn't expect anything from Dead Eye. It's just a, just a short drama. Um, but, you know, we just sent it off, as you do, again, to festivals and was really surprised to win five international film festivals, uh, film awards for that. It also got Best Director in Tokyo. Um, it won uh, Best Film in uh, Sweden um, and Canada, uh, US. Um, there's one other place and I've forgotten, but <laughs> it just... Um, yeah, I mean, in that sense, I've, it's been, uh, I'm very fortunate, but but a lot of those projects is not just me, it's a whole team of people and, and I'm incredibly proud of all of them um, that, that all helped, you know, to make these films come to life. So it's not just me. Well, listen, congratulations and continued success because it, the, the awards that you, that you had, uh, you know, we'll, we'll cover where people can maybe catch some of your stuff uh, when we wrap up in a, in a little while but um, the, the awards that you've won uh, and the work and the commitment and the passion that goes into these it, it's truly stunning so congratulations on that uh, Cassius so um, I, I wanted to sort of maybe switch gears a little bit and you were I don't know if you still are maybe you can correct me on this but you were training as well and you were you were sort of helping people to get into mobile filmmaking is that still something you're doing um because I know you were you were kind of focused on that for, for a little while yeah I mean I, I I spent 10 years of my life training disadvantaged young people um trying to bridge a gap in the film industry I, I recognized there were a lot of issues in the film industry and um i yeah i mean i campaigned and ran projects and raised funds to um go to various parts of the uk 
um, to train and give opportunities to try and get opportunities for young people to to learn the skills and why shouldn't they be allowed to learn the skills because they come from a poor background that means they can't have you know to me it was just crazy and I thought something had to be done about that and so I got very heavily involved in that for a number of years um, yeah and, and in recent and in recent times I've been doing a lot with mobile filmmaking and trying to you know reach that out to everybody who has a phone in their pocket and uh, you know everyone's entitled to explore it and and give it a go and why not and um, so I spend a lot of my time sharing my skills and knowledge with others and I launched um, the very first mobile filmmaking boot camp in the Congo um, in September um, it took me a year to get it off the ground um, <clears throat> And uh, I got support from the Goethe Institute in Germany, which was amazing. And so I made some phone calls and I got Sony on board. I got Jian in China on board. I got Filmic Pro to help with sponsorship. So we made a huge project, shipped out loads of equipment, um, went to Kinshasa in, um, in the Democratic Republic of Congo and um, trained 39 young people in mobile filmmaking professionally. So real full-on boot camp, physical training every day. It was hard, hard, hard. They called me the Sarge by the end of it. Um, they were amazing, amazing people to work with, fantastic experience, so passionate and so wanting of, the, you know, because they have the phone, they have these cheap, hundred dollar phones from China that they get in, in, in their part of the world. But the lenses were amazing and they were 4K resolution lenses. And I was like, man, you could be making films now. It's got to happen. So yeah, so we trained them up and they're doing great. They shot seven films, which was amazing. Huge presentations. They still continue. They're still making films. Uh, and my, my main thing is longevity. So I taught uh, the teachers, I taught four teachers, and I gave them the whole package on how to train the next generation and the next, you know, uh, intern of students, because it's important that it continues and it's not just me going there saying, hey, hey, fantastic, bye-bye. Um, it has to stay there. So the equipment's there, they have it to use every day and they're making films and they're passionate lovely and i wish it was happening in every uh country around the world um that maybe has financial difficulties or you know uh, poorer areas they, they they should be allowed to have this as well so um it's something i hope to continue and find the next sponsor and funder to uh get me to go off to wherever it is to train the next group that's wonderful thanks for sharing that uh, cassius so in terms of you know, obviously we talked about your inspiring and helping people on the ground and sharing those skills. When you look back at your journey so far, uh, whether it's from an early childhood or whether it's from more recent times, what inspires you? Has there been any people in your life that you've sort of admired or anybody that you've looked up to outside of, um, it doesn't have to be within the realm of filmmaking at all, but people that you admire or that you've looked up to? Yeah, it's, um, I always find those questions really difficult um, because there's pockets of things that happen all over the yeah, place yeah. as you get older in life and you think back. I, I, I would say I was, I was a very troubled child. Um, I didn't do very well at school. I would say the first person I really looked up to who, who gave me time um, was my art teacher, um, 
at secondary school, um, Mr. White. <laughs> and he loaned me um, one of his film cameras, um, photography, you know, uh, camera, SLR. And he just said, you know, go off for a couple of days and just take some pics. And that, that's how my life started um, with that. Uh, the fascination of clicking and working out how light gets onto this film strip and how does all that work. And, and that really intrigued me. And I, I guess I was always a bit of a loner. So I was really happy in that world, just being left alone to go off and take pictures. So I'd say Mr. White, my art teacher, um, was incredibly inspiring to me and I very much looked up to him because he was very patient with me and um, and seemed to believe that I had something to offer and and supported it and a wonderful man wonderful man um, that's really interesting because when it sometimes when you talk to people about their education uh, and their schooling um, we can all remember the bad teachers and the things that we didn't like about it, but it only takes one person, doesn't it, to show a little bit of interest. It's amazing how that spark can really change somebody's whole thinking, you know. Uh, for some people, it's picking up a book. For other people, it's that one conversation or something somebody says to somebody. But, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's that's wonderful. Um, when you take on new information yourself, because obviously you have to learn things, <laughs> we all have to continually learn. Do you find yourself scouring the internet? Are you reading books on filmmaking? Are you writing books on filmmaking? Like, where does your input come from? Are there any genres in particular that you like? Thinking of the sort of dramas that you do or documentary type of things that you produce. Where do you get your input from? Well, a lot of it, to be honest, um, I would say. <clears throat> I don't do a lot of research in in that in that sense. Um, one because I think the internet's totally saturated, and it's like, where do you start? You know, it's just endless. Um, <clears throat> and I guess because I'm someone of age that's pre computers and internet and all the rest of it, um, there are some very old books that I have on the shelves that I still pick up now and will take reference from and notes from and. You know, I have a, an amazing old cinema, cinematographer book that sometimes I can take some pointers from. What I tried to do is, I, as a child, I was always fascinated by the old black and white movies. Um, and they're still with me. And I still will go and search those films, find those films if I haven't got them, and I'll watch them. And I think subconsciously they are very much part of my style in how I shoot. I would say I'm not a fast-paced filming, um, bish bang, bom 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 bom, all this high-impact, fast stuff. Um, that you know that suits certain filmmakers and people working with mobile phones. There's a lot of people out there who look like they're doing karate when they're filming with their phones, um, and it's great. I love watching them do that. Uh, but I've never once thought, oh, that's what I should be doing. No, no, no. I'm I'm fine with that. I like to keep my frame simple. I like the performance to unfold within the frame of what I'm filming. And the mobile phone for me really lends itself to that, um, to, to have a very, you know, slightly slower pace. Um, so yeah, I think combination of that. Um, I, take, I take concepts from everyday life really. Um, you know, I, I I will go out and just take photographs every day and I see things and I go, oh, that's interesting. And that would be an idea for something. Um, I don't look at others and what they're doing with mobile phones. Um, 
not that it, not that that's not important. I mean, good luck to them, and but it's not where I take my uh, inspiration from. Mine, mine just comes from the films that I loved when I was a child, um, and using the technology that I have now. And can I maybe just ask you a little bit yeah. about the art, the craft, the science? I'm not sure on the correct term, but about storytelling because you mentioned black and white movies there mm. and my mind automatically shoots back whether it's Chaplin or whether it's Harold Lloyd or well, you know the early, the early flash, yeah or the early flash Gordon <laughs> TV you series <laughs> but you know what, what when you think about the the storytelling a lot of those films they didn't even have an audio track there were text on screen so the storytelling through the through the imagery was really important, whether it would raise a laugh. You might have a live orchestra playing in the theatre while it was being shown, but uh, there wasn't audio or the microphone technology that we have today. But when it comes to storytelling, what are you, what are your views on that and how that sort of comes through from a mobile filmmaker's perspective? Well, I I would uh, yeah, really really good point. I would say that I'm very I'm very visually driven um, in my storytelling. I like words to be fairly minimal. Um, I like subtext a lot. Um, I think the eyes, if you can, you know, if you get that moment right with actors, the eyes can tell the audience everything they need to know without dialogue. Um, I, I think I go by the rule that when I write a script, if I take the dialogue out of the script and then read it again, if it doesn't make sense, then I've made a really bad story. So I tend to look at it in the sense of if if my script is visually making sense and is not being driven by the dialogue, then then I feel I'm on a good path with the story. Um, the dialogue, of course, can add to the story, but it shouldn't be driving the story. You know, I remember. Is that a, sorry to cut across your cast, yeah. but is that a writing discipline, a storyboarding discipline, or is that a while I'm shooting this thing? No, it's a, it's a writing discipline for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I'm writing a script, I, I because it's very easy. You know, you can get into your characters and and they can say all sorts of things, and then it's I will then think, but why do they need to say all that? Because there's so many things we don't say. You know, in real life, there are many things we don't say. We may say something and then emotionally be feeding something else and so on. And um, yeah, I remember what someone said to me in the industry, a, a producer once said to me, said, the difference between film and television is that dialogue drives TV and movies should be driven visually. And that always stayed with me. Um, you know, so I, yeah, and, and it's what works for me. It may not be for, for everyone, but... I think it's a good one to, to think about when you're writing a story or a script. Um, scripts are very difficult to write anyway because of the, the structure that you have to write in. It's, it doesn't come, doesn't come naturally. It's not like, like just writing a story. It's, <laughs> there's all this formatting and structure to it as well and technical aspects that you have to put in. Um, but yeah, if you can take the dialogue out of the script and it still makes sense, then you kind of know you're on the right path. That's, that's a wonderful piece of advice that's obviously stuck with you. Is there any other advice that you've picked up along the way or thinking back to when you were, you know, delivering sort of the training and passing on the skills? Is there any sort of advice that you, you know, if you could get the message out about more, you would, um, or something that's stayed with you? Mm. <laughs> I think, yeah, 
the one thing I always say to my students when I'm training is you need to always be real. You need to be real with yourself um, because that will carry you through. It, there's, um, there's a lot of front in the film industry um, where you really don't know what's going on. <laughs> and I think it's really important for people to be very genuine and very real with who they are and what they believe in. Um, I always say, always be courteous and polite, but get to the point. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I think uh, politeness is a, good, is a good thing. It goes a long way. And um, my, uh, my main advice would be on the back of that, if you're cold calling producers, directors, someone that you, you're inspired by or you desperately want to get advice from, um, politeness and respect towards their work will get you a long way. And sometimes you will get a response. It really does work. I'm amazed at how many people message me and they just say, I want to know this and what's this and what's that. And it just doesn't go anywhere with me. If I don't see that little bit of mutual respect and understanding of my work and just a couple of pleases and thank yous, you know, or I really appreciate your time. I know you're busy. It's just courteous. Just be courteous. If you're courteous, you're going to get more out of me. <laughs> that's great that's great advice you might start emailing me <laughs> but i do i do say that because there's students don't get that they don't get told that and then they just think they can just go and ask whoever they want you know oh i want to know about this and it's rude and rudeness just doesn't get you anywhere great advice great advice <laughs> well look at the time we're recording this obviously the global discussion's on a bit of a journey um but when you look ahead at the, the months uh, ahead, what are you most passionate about? What are you focused on? What are you thinking about as you look forward now? Oh, that's top secret. <laughs> no. Um, this year, feature film, um, which is in development now. Um, so that's one for my bucket list um, to shoot the feature. Um, to keep driving mobile filmmaking into mainstream um, so that it's that it's there um, and I would like to find a sponsor to uh, go so that I can go back overseas and do some more training in a third world country where they deserve those chances that's great that's uh, that seems like an awful lot uh, I know you said it quite quickly there but that's just any one of those would take up a lot of time and effort. So, uh, yeah, uh, but a great way to be thinking as we go into at the time of recording, a, a, you know, a new year. Um, so the, the last thing I wanted to uh, make sure I ask you, uh, Cassius, is that if there's anything that I've missed or if there's anything else that you'd like to share with our audience before we finish this episode today. And also, if people did want to reach out and find your stuff, what's the best way of sort of getting in touch or finding um, what you're producing? Where would you send people to? Well, I mean, uh, uh, um, if you just type go film it online, you'll you'll find me everywhere. <laughs> um, for, bad and, for bad and good, you'll find me everywhere. Um, Instagram, I'm go film it. Twitter, I'm go film it. Um, my uh, website is gofilmit.tv 
um, you can drop me an email. Uh, I, all, I do my very best to respond to everyone. Sometimes it can take quite a few days before I can get back to people, but I do my, I do my best because I, I know what it was like when I was there desperately trying to get help or advice, um, you know, um, by someone in the industry, um, how difficult that journey is. So I always do my conscious best to get back to people. Even if it's brief, I will try to get back. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I would say. I'd also say one other thing, mobile filmmaking. It is just a tool. There's a lot of people out there who seem to be very angry. Um, filmmakers in particular, that mobile filmmaking is not real filmmaking. Um, and if you want to start that journey, um, you may get people like that making some really unpleasant comments towards you online. Ignore it. It's a ridiculous thing to respond to. Mobile filmmaking is just a tool. It's you that's the filmmaker. It doesn't matter what you're filming with. So, you know, I would say just keep, just ignore, don't interact with it because it's ridiculous. Um, doesn't matter what you shoot on, as long as you get your story made and it's a good story, you're a filmmaker, that's it. That is a great note to end on. So that brings us nicely to the end of this episode of the Global Discussion with Cassius Rayner, award-winning Cassius Rayner. I do encourage everybody to go and search him out online and find find about all the great uh, productions, movies, documentaries that Cassius has been responsible for. Um, thanks to everybody for watching or listening to this episode around the world. And make sure that you follow, like, subscribe, do all the usual things uh, for podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. And I hope you come back and join us for more discussions with creatives, leaders, and thinkers. So thank you very much indeed, Cass. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure on my end. Thank you.